My name is Phaedra Aldridge. Welcome to Look Again, Mental Illness Reexamined, a podcast about mental illness brought to you by the BC Schizophrenia Society and our BC partner organizations. Now, since we kicked off our second season talking to someone who embraced her diagnosis of schizophrenia and started a business to reduce stigma, we thought it would be very fitting to end this season with another guest who is also doing her own very heavy lifting when it comes to educating, creating awareness, and breaking myths about schizophrenia. Meet Lauren Kennedy. She's a mental health advocate and a social worker. She's a wife, a stepmother to two children, and mom to baby Theodore. But Lauren also lives with schizoaffective disorder, a chronic mental illness that has symptoms of both schizophrenia and bipolar. Through her YouTube channel called Living Well with Schizophrenia, Lauren shows there is no shame in having a serious mental illness. She engages with viewers and followers as a means to increase knowledge and compassion around schizophrenia and serious mental illness. Lauren is joining us from Edmonton. Welcome to Look Again. Hi, thank you for having me. So looking into your journey and background, I read that you were very private about your diagnosis. Unless you told someone, they had absolutely no idea that you were living with a serious mental illness. How did you go from not telling anyone to starting a YouTube channel where you speak very candidly about your life living with schizophrenia? It's been a journey from going to not telling anyone to shouting it at the internet in a way. Yeah, I don't even know really how it happened. I was working on coming to terms with self-acceptance and I had gotten into a relationship recently when we started it with my now husband, Rob, and he has a background in doing YouTube and doing video work. And so he just tossed out the idea of maybe playing around with sharing my story on the internet in the hopes of reaching one or two people to help them on their own journey of self-acceptance. And so with much poking and prodding to give it a go, we finally did it. The first video we did reached like 12 people. And I was like, wow, what a difference we're making. And, you know, I was just thrilled that it had reached and touched 12 other people. As it kept growing, it was just kind of this feedback loop of how the videos that we're making are helping other people with their own journeys of self-acceptance and helping people living with an illness like schizophrenia. I think that has been a huge catalyst in terms of keeping going and keeping growing it and keeping sharing on the internet. So because you were so private, Lauren, take us back to that time when you started talking about your illness. What was it like? It was quite scary. I had never really been on camera before. I was really nervous because there was people in our own personal life that I hadn't disclosed to yet. I hadn't disclosed to Rob's family and I hadn't disclosed to even some of my friends and family members. And so we started it with the idea of keeping it this underground project where maybe it reached some people who are living with the illness on the internet, but we wouldn't share it with people in our life because I was too terrified of that. Eventually we started becoming more proud of what we were creating. And I think that helped with encouraging more self-acceptance with me and then being more open to sharing it with the people in our lives as well. So how did your family find out that you did have schizophrenia? My immediate family found out because I was hospitalized. Rob's family found out after we had started making the YouTube videos because half a year into our relationship, we decided to 
let them know. Rob sent them an email explaining and let them know that we were starting this YouTube channel. And that's why we wanted to let them know so that they didn't stumble across these videos and (laughs) create their own assumptions. They were scared at first because they didn't have much contact with accurate information about what it means to live with an illness like this. And so then they went and saw the videos where I go into much detail about my difficulties with the illness around suicide and around hospitalizations. And so they got a little bit more scared having my whole history with the illness laid out in front of them too. That took quite a bit of back and forth communication, clarifying that, hey, I am still Lauren, your son's partner. And that is a part of my experience, but I am learning how to manage it and how to live well with it. As they got to know me more, I think they've almost just forgotten that I have the illness. Sometimes they see new videos that pop up and it's like, oh yeah. And for my immediate family too, the YouTube channel has been incredible in terms of creating a way to communicate what living with the illness is like for me, because it wasn't something that we talked about a lot. Many families around the world, stigma gets in the way of having honest communication about what it means to live with an illness like schizophrenia. It was just something we didn't talk about. The videos have been a really beautiful way to start conversations about aspects of what it's like to live with the illness. Rob wrote that email to his family explaining the fact that his partner had schizophrenia. Oh, and by the way, it's very public. Here's some YouTube videos and YouTube channels about it. What was that like, Lauren? I was scared and I went through periods where I was like, I need to take all the videos down. No more. (laughs) I don't blame you. Yeah. It felt very, very vulnerable. I've just learned lean into vulnerability. More often than not, good things come of it. And there's so much power and vulnerability. Relationships in my life have deepened. I've made relationships with people through the internet that have been really wonderful. Vulnerability just leads to deeper connection. And so I no longer feel the need to take all the videos down. I know that ultimately they result in deeper connection. Lean in to vulnerability. Good advice for absolutely anyone, Lauren. You said that obviously your immediate family knew about your illness because of the hospitalization. How did Rob, as your partner, and it sounds like one of your biggest supports, react when you told him about your illness? I was so worried about telling him dating with an illness like this is just awful (laughs) because you're always worried about when you're going to need to disclose. And I was in a long-term relationship when all of my symptoms were first coming up and I was going through the process of diagnosis. So I didn't really need to disclose then. But then when I went through a period of dating, it was terrifying. I actually decided to tell him fairly early on because I just felt comfortable with him and I felt like I could trust him with that part of me. And so... I like sat him down with (laughs) this aura of seriousness and was like, I need to tell you something. I live with something called schizoaffective disorder. And then I tried to explain to him what it was, but he was so wonderful. He was very accepting in that moment. And then he went home and tried to learn as much as he could. He got 
books out from the library, which I thought was so endearing. It opened up conversations more that he wanted to learn from me what it meant to live with the illness. And he tried not to have any preconceived notions about what it was. And so I was very lucky. That was a very good instance. And if anyone else out there is grappling with when to tell a partner about their diagnosis, I would just encourage you to wait until you feel safe doing so. It's not hiding something from someone. It's waiting until you feel safe to do so. And how did Rob feel about telling his family about his partner's illness? I think he was very concerned and very worried about doing that because he knew that people have negative preconceptions about what it means to live with an illness like schizoaffective or schizophrenia. He was very nervous, but we kind of tackled that together and it worked out. I think education is a very important component of disclosure. And it must have been very interesting and challenging for you and your husband to not only tell Rob's family about your illness, but also his two children. What was that like, Lauren? I came into their life when they were three and five. There's no way they can understand what schizophrenia is. It's been a gradual, ongoing conversation about what mental health means and telling them that we all have mental health and it's important to take care of our mental health. And as they've gotten older, sharing more about how I live with a mental illness. And some people live with a mental illness, which just means that they need to take a little bit extra care of their mental health. And I need to take medication. And sometimes I need a little bit of extra rest and just kind of guiding them through what it means to take care of your mental health, regardless of mental illness. And as they're getting older, They've always known that I have schizophrenia and gradually easing them into what exactly that means. Trying to be as transparent as possible if I'm struggling, just letting them know, hey, I'm having a tough day mentally, but at a level that they can understand. You talked about the difficulties with telling Rob's family about your illness, which makes perfect sense. Let's face it, dating is tough enough. What was it like for you to tell the partner and the mother of your stepchildren that you did have schizoaffective disorder? I think telling Rob's ex-partner and their partner about my illness was probably the scariest one for me because I am entering their kid's life in a very intimate capacity and I was terrified about what kind of notions they would have about my capacity to take on that role. I was so fortunate though, that they were both very accepting. They also just wanted to learn more from me. I felt a lot of acceptance and I'm very fortunate that we have really wonderful relationships with both of them as co-parents, but also as friends. They have been probably our biggest supports in terms of me living with a chronic mental illness and supporting our two kids. And so we've been very fortunate in that regard. There have been some periods where I was hospitalized, where issues arise about trust and what about the kids. It's been a really wonderful process of learning how to navigate that and learning how best to support each other in various capacities as co-parents and as it pertains to supporting the kids. You keep using the term self-acceptance. I would love to hear your thoughts on what self-acceptance means to you. 
I think that it's a journey that everyone is on in life. There's additional difficulties or components to self-acceptance when it comes to living with a chronic mental illness like schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder. For a long time, I got really wrapped up in the deficits that I was experiencing in my life because of the illness. And I was grappling with not being able to do things the way I thought I should be able to do them. I think self-acceptance is really about coming to terms with where you're at and where your capacities are and being okay with that and embracing yourself flaws and all in terms of how you are in the world. You tackle a lot of topics on your YouTube channel. You talk about self-care, educating people on schizoaffective disorder to suicide attempts, medication, ECT, and addictions. Your husband, Rob, is also featured in some of your videos. So he's able to provide that loved one's viewpoint of living with somebody who does, in fact, have a serious mental illness. But one of your videos really stuck with me, and it was your introduction video. Let's listen to that clip now. I grapple with my own self-stigma about this illness. I feel uncertain about my capacity to pursue life to the fullest. What do you do when you doubt yourself? Dealing with these thoughts and questions are an ongoing process. I've put in a lot of work to move towards self-acceptance. And through this, I've learned more about what living well with this illness really means. Lauren, tell me more about this video. What does self-stigma mean to you? It's a little bit along the lines of what I was talking about in terms of self-acceptance, where you view the deficits that you're experiencing a little bit more harshly, or you stigmatize yourself because of society's messages about how you should feel about someone who's living with this illness. I think that internalized stigma from what we're getting from the rest of society is a very real thing and is probably the hardest form of stigma to deal with because it's coming from your own assumptions and perspectives about what it means to live with an illness like this. And really trying to create my own definition of what it means to live well with schizophrenia. And what does live well with schizophrenia mean to you? It means to just live as well as I can within my own capacities and focus on the things that anyone should focus on in life, creating fulfilling relationships, finding things that interest me and pursuing them, working on contributing to the world, living as full of a life as I can. Lauren, you talked about people living well with schizophrenia, but I'm curious, what do you say to those individuals that reach out to you that are not living well with the illness at this time. That's something that comes up often too. And I think it's important to recognize that schizophrenia does have a spectrum component to it. I think I would want to share that I have gone through periods of immense struggle as well. And it has been quite a long journey in terms of figuring out proper treatment and figuring out what my goals were living with the illness and how to manage it. I would just really encourage them to keep trying and figuring out what their own individual goals are living with the illness and figuring out proper treatment methods or strategies with your care team and not losing hope that, you know, you can lead a fulfilling and meaningful life, you know, regardless of the severity of your illness. As we talked about earlier, some of your videos include your husband, Rob. Why is this important to share his perspective on your channel? 
I think it's really important because chronic mental illnesses affect more than just the people who are directly living with it. You know, my illness has profoundly impacted his life because he lives with me and is my closest support person. And I think that there are a lot of people who watch our channel who are support people in various capacities to other people who are living with the illness. So letting them know too that they're not alone in terms of the difficulties that they may face in supporting someone who's living with the illness. You're listening to Look Again Mental Illness Reexamined, a podcast brought to you by the BC Schizophrenia Society and BC Partner Organizations. I'm your host, Phaedra Aldridge. This podcast would not be possible without the support of the community. From the bottom of our hearts, we want to thank you for caring about serious mental illness and everything that's around it. Together, we truly can make a difference. We're back with Lauren Kennedy, host of a YouTube channel called Living Well with Schizophrenia. Now, Lauren, in the past, you've spoken about your uncertainty and your fears around having children, not being able to form the connection you wanted, being worried about passing on your illness, being an inadequate mother in some way, or terrified your kids may see you in a psychotic state, which are all very reasonable fears. And yet now you're a stepmom to two children and a mom to a little baby Theodore. You made a beautiful and equally vulnerable video for your son. Let's listen to a piece of that video now. Like any mother, I hope that you'll be happy in life and know how very loved you are. Unlike most mothers, though, there's something else I need to talk about with you. Theodore, I, your mom, have schizoaffective disorder. I've been told by a lot of people that I shouldn't or even can't be a mother. I've been told it was a selfish decision to have you. But there's some things that I want you to know. Life is full of struggles for anyone. There is a chance you could have the same illness as me, which I know brings its fair share of struggle. But here's the thing. It has also brought me tremendous growth and connection. Wow. That's just a snippet of a very touching message to your son, Theodore. Lauren, how were you able to get past those fears and those comments from other people and decide to bring little Theodore into the world? I was fortunate. I eased into the mother role with my other two children. And there was a lot of growing and moving and whatnot in terms of figuring out how to make that work with my illness, but I got to a place where I accepted my capacities as a mother and what I can give them and refocused on the things that I am able to give my kids. And I made the decision to just go for it with my husband. We made the decision. We had a biological child of our own and it's been really wonderful. It's constantly a learning process as I'm sure for any new parents, but figuring out how to make it work with my illness and all. I just can't imagine with everything you talked about with the stigma and some of the comments that you heard, what was your pregnancy like? Pregnancy was actually a really, really difficult experience for me. 
I had no energy. I felt like I had very little capacity to engage with my two other kids in the way I wanted to. And I was getting very down about that. When Theodore came along, I think that that was actually a tremendously protective factor for me because I have been probably as stable as I have ever been in the last six months or so. That's including things like exhaustion, getting no sleep, being subject to the whims of an infant. It's been really difficult, but at the same time, I have never felt this kind of capacity to not only take care of myself, but then also three kids and a husband and life. And so I am very grateful that it has gone that way because I was worried about postpartum psychosis. I know that those are very much some people's realities. I was told by a lot of people that it's a very selfish decision for me to have a biological child because there is the insinuation that I can potentially pass it on to them. And there is the preconceived notions about my capacity to raise children living with a chronic mental illness like schizophrenia. And I think I internalized these quite a bit, but then I just realized, you know, no, I know myself better than any of these people. And also there's a 10% chance that I would pass on the illness to my child. And that's way higher than I would ever hope for it to be. But at the same time, I feel like who better to raise a child who's living with schizophrenia than me and my partner, Rob, who are doing a good job of understanding what it means and managing it and being open and coming to it from a place of acceptance. So you are a mother to three children. How do you juggle all those responsibilities as well as your illness? That's been a huge learning process. Having a supportive partner has been pretty instrumental in terms of that. I know there are some people who live with the illness and parent on their own, and I just, wow, hats off to them. But I don't know, learning together what our various capacities are and how we fit together as a family, giving space for each other to take care of ourselves, to take care of each other. And I need to be trying my very hardest to take care of myself in order to take care of them as much as I want to and to be as present in their lives as I can. What would you say to somebody either because they saw your video or heard this podcast who is just beginning their journey of being diagnosed with schizophrenia? I would first give them a hug because they're probably very confused and maybe even a little bit scared and I know how that feels. I've been there. When I was first diagnosed, it was comforting that it made sense what I was experiencing, but I was very scared because again, of things that society has told us about what it means to live with an illness like schizophrenia. Just understanding that you get to define what it means to live with schizophrenia. It's not for society to put any expectations on you and it's for you to define what that means for you. And just keep going in terms of figuring out what kind of treatment works for you, what goals you have in terms of your treatment, and don't lose sight of the fact that you can absolutely lead a full and meaningful life even with the diagnosis. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, Lauren. Thank you so much for leading into your vulnerability, for your courage, 
And I can guarantee you're going to be touching a lot more than 12 people. Thanks so much for having me. And for anyone who wants to watch Lauren's videos, we will be including a link to Living Well with Schizophrenia in our show notes and on our website. We're also going to be taking a break after this episode and returning this September, but we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for topics that you would like us to explore, if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, or if you have any questions or comments whatsoever, tweet us at BC Schizophrenia. And a huge thanks to you, our audience, for joining us for this episode. Together we can better understand and begin to change the narrative around mental illnesses like schizophrenia and bipolar. To hear our previous episodes, as well as our future ones, be sure to hit follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. This podcast is brought to you by the BC Schizophrenia Society and the BC Partners for Mental Health and Substance Use Information. We're a group of nonprofit agencies providing good quality information to help individuals and families maintain or improve their mental well being. The BC Partners members are Anxiety Canada, BC Schizophrenia Society, Canadian Institute for Substance Use Research, Canadian Mental Health Association's BC Division, Family Smart, Jesse's Legacy, the North Shore Family Services Program, and Mood Disorders Association of BC, a branch of Lookout Housing and Health Society. The BC Partners are funded and stewarded by BC Mental Health and Substance Use Services, an agency of the Provincial Health Services Authority. For more information, visit heretohelp.bc.ca. Thank you.